Welcome to another edition of the Work Life Hub podcast. To find out more and to listen to other episodes, please go to www.worklifehub.eu. Welcome to the next episode of the Work Life Hub podcast. Today, I'm interviewing Stu Friedman of the Wharton School. He's the founding director of the Wharton Leadership Program, a management professor. He's also a public speaker, author, and influential expert on work and life, consultant, educator, researcher, radio producer, organizational psychologist. He's also been called as the work-life balance guy or guru. Is that correct, you? <laughs> Welcome to our podcast. Is that correct? Did you ask me? Yes, yes. Uh, yes, that sounds pretty accurate to me. Yeah, your most recent book is The Leading the Life You Want, Skills for Integrating Work and Life. Before discussing your current most recent book, I wanted to just go back a little bit uh, in the time because we've been to a conference of the Work and Family Researchers Network in New York where I really wanted to meet you personally. It was in June in New York, and where you spoke about uh, your previous book. Do, is there any link between the Baby Bus book and your current book, or those are two different topics you are discussing? Yeah, they're, re they're really different. Uh, they address different, um, different questions. The Baby Bus book is is the study uh, that compares the class of 1992 uh, the, who graduated from the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania to the class of 2012 and explores how people are thinking differently, men and women are thinking differently about their lives, their careers, their families, uh, you know, in the two generations that we studied. And leading the life you want is, you know, asks a different set of questions. All right. I just finished reading your book. I wanted to congratulate to it. I also did uh, my test on the total leadership score and I scored 64. It means that I have similar skills uh, to Sherry Sandberg. Uh, it also says that uh, I have to improve my work and life integration skills that I, I would like to do in the, in the future. In Europe we have uh, plenty of research and books that discusses or that discuss uh, work-life balance questions, work-life integration, the quality of life. I guess you also meet books that, uh, that touch the same issues, the same topics. Can you tell us, what do you think, what distinguishes your book from the others that are out there? Well, there's, there's a few things. One very important uh, aspect of this book is that I have uh, written original biographies, short biographies of six individuals who illustrate the principles of being real, being whole, being innovative. These are the principles that one needs to make one's own in order to meaningfully integrate the different parts of life. And so I've, I've uh, described and illustrated how these six um, really remarkable people have done that over the course of their lives and how they have developed the skills 
that bring these principles of being real, being whole, being innovative, of bringing those to life. And these people demonstrate that to be successful in your professional life is not to forsake your family and your community and your private self, but instead to invest in those other parts of your life and to embrace them. And that is what makes people truly successful. So the common mythology is that you have to make trade-offs all the time. And what these people and many others like them illustrate is that, in fact, uh, the, the greatest professional success comes from figuring out in a way that works for you and the people who, who you care about most how you can integrate the different parts of your life in a way that is mutually enriching. So I don't use the term balance. I, I talk about harmony and integration in order to help people to see that the big idea is not about trading one part for the other, but by being yes. creative, about taking your particular skills and talents and, and uh, passions and creating value for other people with those talents and passions and uh, being able to be successful in your professional life by being a whole person, essentially. And and that is an important idea that not many people are focusing on. The, the idea that uh, it is possible over the course of a life, perhaps not at any given moment, but over the course of time, to have a sense of harmony among the different parts of your life. So that's one important idea. There are others, but I, I, will, I will pause there. Did you learn anything from writing this book? Oh yes. Oh yes, I learned a lot. No, the the I learned as I described in the in the uh in the final chapter, um you know the the big lesson for me was that well there were there were two. One is that people who we admire, the people who are truly successful are are always learning and they're developing their skills. Uh, they're cultivating their skills through being mindful about their choices and learning from their mistakes. So all these six people that I, um, that I describe in the book, uh, each one of them has made many mistakes, but what distinguishes them is that they are learning from them. So that was one very important point. But the other was that to be liberated, I think it's the right word, to be free, to lead the life that you truly, truly want. The paradox is that in order to do that, you've got to take what is unique to you and make it useful to other people. So it's through helping others, through serving others who you care about, that you find the strength, the confidence, and the freedom to lead the life that you truly want. So that was a big idea for me. That I yeah, 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 yeah. I have to tell you that also I learned plenty of things from your book. I started listening Bruce Springsteen and oh, it's the generation of, I have to say, my, my father. He, I know that he loved Bruce Springsteen, but I just discovered it for myself and started to read his lyrics <laughs> and translate it to. And... Well, uh, I learned also for myself what I can improve in my community also, uh, in my work life. 
just a, a question. Uh, I know that we, we, we set this interview up with your wife, who is also your colleague. Do you, <laughs> yeah. do you have any or do you also apply what you are writing in your books? <laughs> Being uh, in the same team with your wife? I certainly hope so. You try. Well, you know, we try. We really do try. Uh, and, you know, just like everyone, it's uh, it's a work in progress. We are all learning all the time. And, you know, okay. uh, you'd have to ask hers all the time. But uh, I think we're doing a pretty good job. But, you know, it's, it's not easy and it requires ongoing communication and reevaluation of what's important. Mm. It's not free. It's possible, yeah. but it's not free. Do you do you have an, any favorite quote from your book? I, I said already that uh, I, I specifically enjoy reading the Bruce Springsteen's part, but if you can highlight or underscore only one sentence or a quote, what would be that? Yeah. Um, you know, I uh, I'm going to leave that to you to pick yours because. <laughs> Uh, there's so much in here that I found to be uh, important. I think the epigram at the very beginning, the quote from Walt Whitman that I used to start the book, uh, you know, right right before the introduction, is uh, is very powerful. Um, you know, it's from his poetry, and it speaks to uh, the importance of finding the courage to make choices that are true to who you really want to be in this world. So the quote goes like this, not I, nor anyone else can travel that road for you. You must travel it by yourself. It is not far. It is within reach. Mm -hmm. So this is, you know, from a, a 19th century American poet, perhaps our greatest poet, uh, Walt Whitman, who, um, You know, speaking here about the the challenge of, of finding your your true path, and uh, I find that very inspiring. Speaking speaking of the future, after this very inspiring career that touched leadership development, coaching, writing books, education, what what's next for Stu Friedman? What are your future plans? Well, I'm 62 years old, so. Uh, I would like to um, continue to teach, uh, to do more teaching online. I, I really enjoy speaking to various organizations around the world and to travel to different parts of the world to try to convey my ideas and make them useful for other people. And, you know, eventually I would like my children to have children or to adopt them so that I could take care of them. That's What I really want to do is become a grandfather, but you know okay. I'm not in a great rush. But that that's my my life's aspiration now is to be okay. taking care of grandchildren um, and playing more music. And playing more music. Yes, I need to be playing more music. Okay. <laughs> uh, I have to tell you that uh, I watched plenty of interviews and I listened to different podcasts over my preparation for this short interview with you. And uh, I, I found it really difficult finding or 
having questions uh, in my notes because you've been so many times, hundreds and hundreds of times being interviewed. It's difficult to come up with questions that you have never answered. So I wanted to ask something that if you could, if there was any question you always wanted to ask uh, or to be asked, uh, what would be that? Hmm. Well, I don't know that anybody's ever asked me what's the most important thing to me. You know, it, it's, a, it's, it's not going to surprise you probably, but the most important thing to me in my life is is the you know the people that I have created, um, my children. So that has uh, you know, my great joy and, and a great challenge is to, is to try to be a good father and, and a good husband. So you know my family, the family I created, is uh, is so so deeply important to me, and, and clearly the most important thing to me, as it is I think for most people. In my work, what's really important and most important to me is, is to try to help other people find the freedom to live as they truly wish to live. That's, that's my purpose. Yes. That's my mission. And, and, and I struggle to do that for myself and have uh, in my own journey through life. And when I'm able to help other people to do the same I feel very grateful. I feel very gratified. And fortunately, I know to do that. Yeah, I think you are on a, on a perfect path because if, well, if people read your book, they are really inspirational and it makes you think about your life. How can you improve it? So it, you, it's absolutely, uh, you nailed it, as, as they say. It, mm -hmm. it, it, they are quality books and they... Uh, give enough impetus on, and also in your, your deleting the life you want, there are plenty of uh, mm -hmm. telling this to, to our listeners plenty of examples and plenty of uh, mm -hmm. exercises uh, that can be practiced uh, in terms of skills development. Well, thank you. That's very kind of you. At the end of, of, of our podcast, we always ask one question from our guests and this is this is this concerns uh, work-life integration at the workplace uh, if you could give only one advice to a CEO in terms of how he or she can improve the well-being and uh, work-life uh, integration of his or her employees what, what, what would be that one advice could you think of of one Yeah, sure. The, the one thing that I would suggest is to try to do something that you haven't done before that you believe is going to have a positive impact on the four important parts of your life, your work, your home, your community, and yourself. So think of one thing that you could do that you don't have to ask permission for that, w that you expect would have a benefit for you and your people at work, in your family, in the community, and for yourself personally. And then try it. Yeah. Thank you very much, Stu, for being with us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. 